Welcome to the Gaming Coop. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Gaming Coop, the best space to talk about Goaty Simulator 3. Let's introduce today's players. Player 1 is hiding in Sif's hair. Don't worry, she's comfortable in there. It's Kelsey. True. Thank you. Player two, you're never not on my mind. Oh my, oh my. I've never, I'm never not by your side, your side, your side. I'm never going to let you cry. Oh, cry. Oh, don't cry. I'll never not be your ride or die. All right. It's Matt. What is that from? (laughs) Player three. Ah, who needs the lights when you're, you've got a fine feathered friend by your side. It's Anthony. Hey. Player four will one day make a logo for a real football team. It's Walsh. Hey. Player five puts the ease in cheese. It's Chris. Me. Aw. Aw. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, so unfortunately, Gabe could not make it to this recording. Uh, we wish him well. He will be back uh next month. Uh, we are still going to give him a spotlight for his game of the year, though, because I figured it's a bigger up. Ep- it's a big episode. We're talking about our favorite games for this year. So I, I don't want him to miss out on that completely. So we will uh, we will hear from Gabe in, in some capacity later in this episode. Uh, and of course, as I stated, it is our game of the year. So all of us are coming locked and loaded with a game that we think really made this year special to us. And of course, uh, at the end, we will go over some other games, just some uh, highlights of the year. Uh, of what we enjoyed from the year 2022. Because we got to look at the bright side of things, don't we? Right? Come the bright side of life. That's right. Man. All right. Um, and now, instead of doing my usual like spiel, like of <laughs> Chris just of, talking over the whistling, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the usual, uh, the usual spiel of, you know, like trying to introduce the game, I, I'm instead just want to directly ask each of you what your game of the year is. So, Kelsey, you're first. What is your game of the year of 2022? I thought you were going to say, Kelsey, you're first, and then not ask me, and I was going to get really upset. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, I have to present the question to you. Yes. Um, my game of the year is God of War Ragnarok. Woo! Surprise, surprise. Um, I am treating God of War Ragnarok in tandem with talking about the 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 first iteration of the Norse mythology God of War, which came out uh, a couple years ago, 2018. Um, This series, this couple of games, and the way that Ragnarok finished out this iteration of God of War is my favorite game of all time, let alone game of the year. It blew away anything else I've ever played between the graphic design, the story writing, the narrative, the way that they honored the true mythology, um, Norse mythology, the uh, character design and development, the character arcs, um, the music, uh, the the voice acting, the seven and a half minute long speech at the Game Awards, um, everything about uh, God of War Ragnarok was just, no, I don't think I would be shocked if anything ever holds a candle to it. It was so, it was that good. Um, I am intentionally speaking about this spoiler light, so I can't talk too much about the actual storyline itself. In the document, I provided um, just a couple of YouTube clips. One, uh, which is just the ambient music uh, compilation, absolutely 
just stunning. Just, I can't, I cannot, the symphonic orchestral way in which the music came together. I know, Chris, that you frequently talk about the end credit song, which was performed by Hosier, um, along with the composer uh, of the game called Blood in the Snow. Also an incredible, incredible song. Um, and then, of course, uh, a content creator that we all, a lot of us follow, uh, Prozy D, uh, voiced Radis Husker in this game, which was fantastic also so i included a brief clip of that and then also just a compilation of credo grunting uh throughout the game because as much as the game takes itself very seriously and covers really heavy themes and specifically i think the most prominent theme beyond the literal concept of war <clears throat> that is leveraged throughout the game is generational trauma and family relationships and the complicated nature of loving someone or losing someone uh, no game that I've played before, except possibly the Mass Effect trilogy, came close to covering these topics. But this game just, it hits you, I, it hits you in so many different ways. And throughout the entire game, there's not just a penultimate moment that hits you emotionally. There were several chapters throughout the entire story, even going back to the 2018 game, that just stop you in your tracks and the weight of the situation and the way that it's poetically written is just so touching and so relatable. So um, just cannot cannot stress enough how beautiful this game is and how intricately woven the storyline and lives are woven. And um, also, I have a big crush on Sif, who is, in the images that I posted, the blonde woman. She is the wife of Thor, um, and I love her. <laughs> she's she is big tall beautiful blonde woman what more could you need right long, very, <laughs> that's, very, that's how i feel very long hair like notice noticeably long hair oh ridiculous hair yeah um but unfortunately they made their daughter look like a troll doll and i'll never forgive them for that but um also thor is voiced by ryan hurst who's one of my favorite actors of all time and incredible incredible even even the people who are the villains in the game you almost love the characters like you recognize that they're bad but the way that the co the content is written and the way that they perform throughout the game they're so well written like i can't i feel like i'm just like it good game good but i don't know how else to say <laughs> and portray unless somebody were to experience it and if you are a lore junkie like I am, and if you are somebody who actually is very interested in world religions um, and ancient mythologies, I got my uh, part of my undergrad. I had a minor in religion. So I'm like very much, <clears throat> sorry, I keep clearing my throat, but this is a special interest of mine. Um, so even that, like I would be playing with Chris and I would be like, I would pause the game and just chew his ear off on something that was like a complete deviation of of the thing but like filling him in on story content and then like a chapter later exactly what i explained to him played out on the screen and i was like huh. <laughs> there it is from the poetic edda like i would it's like right there like which is super obnoxious admittedly but i was so excited about the lore and how like true they were being with it that i just good game good game good play <laughs> play game <laughs> i love uh, play yeah i i um I, I, I've talked about this with you guys already and, uh, off off the podcast, but I I my experience with God of War uh, prior to last year really was nothing. Like I knew that God of War twenty eighteen was a masterpiece of a game from 
you know, from a bat, like just standing in the background, not really, uh, not, not, not having engaged with the franchise in any way, shape or form, mainly because I didn't have a PlayStation for many years. Um, and last year when I got the PlayStation five, one of the games that was available to me to play, um, uh, with the, my PS plus, uh, subscription was God of War 2018. And so I played that and I ended up really loving it. Uh, so I, I was very surprised by that because I'm this is not necessarily my thing. I'm not super into action games. I'm not super into mythology, really. Um, I, I I just generally a lot of things I would not think I would be into. But I think one of the reasons why is because of the humor in the game, the stories and how everyone feels like really like the, everyone is so well written in the game that you kind of can relate to a lot of them um, and also just like kind of poke fun at the f- idea that they're you know a, a severed head you know cracking silly jokes uh while you're traveling in this beautiful more much more serious world um and so i liked god of war 2018 um over time i definitely was not like in love with it but i was still excited to try ragnarok and i could not believe how much i fell in love with the sequel to this game i i think it might be my favorite story in a game behind undertale honestly it's it it, i think it's just so well done from start to finish the first when i played the first game i didn't really walk away loving kratos loving atreus i walked away from this game being like oh kratos might be one of the best video game characters ever made like that I, and I think and I think also Atreus is like his character. He's he's much older now, but he, you know, he's still he's still young. He's still making mistakes. But I think the way that he deals with those moments, I think, is at times frustrating, but also very understandable for his someone his age and someone that just is needs to make the mistakes that he, uh, that uh, he does in order to grow as a human. Um. And like Kelsey said, I thought the villains in this game were just top notch. I like both like Boulder was the villain in the first game, and I just fucking hated him. I never really liked him at all. I genuinely walked away being like, "Oh, Odin is like a such a such an evil bastard," but also I kind of enjoy him. And like I, that's it's hard for me to like a villain like that. And he made it very easy on that front. And also Thor, I think who I I don't even. I I'm not I don't want to get into spoilers too much. You kind of almost you do feel bad for at the end of the day as a character. You don't even necessarily see him as being like the true villain when it's all said and done. Um, but I I just could not get over this experience. I thought it was just an absolute delight, and I I love a game that could blend such serious, amazing storylines with the humor. And the character writing that this game has, and I, I, it's, it's incredible. The game's incredible to look at. Um, I don't care about the combat sequences, and they kind of fucked up the puzzles in this game with making the, you know, the moment you show up to a puzzle, they give you the solution. But besides that, like I. But we discussed, like we, we've had our own ongoing conversations about this. There were in a particular moment in this type of gaming where there seems to be a fad of side characters being too quick to provide you with hints and solutions right even if you're just letting your character idle for a second because you're checking your phone 
they'll all of a sudden be like, why don't you do X, Y, Z, and then you're going to be done. And that's the answer. Ha ha, I helped you. And you're like, no, no, I, I just... I just didn't get to it yet. And it's very frustrating on certain moments. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. Like, like, like a, it, is, it is something that is more widespread, but uh, definitely that like. It was a pain were, in this game. Yeah, the, those and the, but like those are literally like the only flaws. And even then, I, I, I say flaws for combat. That it, That's more of a me thing. The combat's amazing in this game for anyone who actually enjoys that stuff. I just don't really care for it as much. But uh, the the is just it is an amazing game i i wanted to say something else but i want to let uh anthony speak on this as well because he also played this game thank you for the for the tagging yeah um <laughs> yeah this game was absolutely incredible the story itself brought me to tears like multiple times <laughs> it had like heaping amounts of success with your friends in the game and just moments where everything seems like it's going wrong or really emotional beats and tender beats where the world pauses for a moment and you get to see the characters grow in their personal struggles with each other against the world. There's wonder and there's good fighting and it's just so lovingly crafted. From the soundtrack, which just is the perfect companion to the game. And these beautifully detailed, varied environments for each of the realms that you go to. There are really cool secrets and really cool combat abilities. And you can do funny shit, like throw enemies off of ledges and they're they're done. They don't come back from that. <laughs> but... Mm. And just, it's the kind of game where you can really just lose yourself just sitting there, taking in the energy and the ambiance of each location that you travel to. And I just, I can't praise it enough. Like, the way that they fleshed out their characters and really made them feel human with their own desires and drives and their own motives and their own stories that unfold in really organic ways as you play it should have won game of the year in my opinion but every single award that it received at the game awards was incredibly well deserved i um should have gotten game of the year <laughs> <laughs> as as uh yeah as you guys said it's it it, it was it, it it probably deserved it, it probably deserved game of the year i understand why everyone loves elder ring but uh, it, we're not um, talking we're not talking elder ring here no we don't we don't have to bash things but the way the way that i see it like the best games have a more involved story in my opinion and that's the most important thing for me so I would have yeah. chosen God of War on that basis alone. Yeah, uh, but did even just uh, to to say one more thing about uh, but from my perspective on God of War, like I think one of the reasons why 2018 has I want to say soured on me over time, but not it has not like it has it's not going to have. Well, let me rephrase. God of War 2018 is so important to the story that Ragnarok ended up building on and then concluding with, but. I 
I think the as a game, the reason why I don't love it as much is I I found I want I, I wanted more of an incentive or a push to explore more of the realms. And I think that while that is there in 2018 and you can do it through side quests, I I found I love that this game made you go through all the realms in different ways and different experiences. Like you you base you you visited realms like almost all the realms at least twice i want to say maybe there is like one or two that like you only visited like the one time but i i found that it was so impactful and it made it it made it feel fresh i felt every mission ended up feeling more fresh than the last because it wasn't that you were just staying in the same environment like there was just so many missions i felt like in the first game that were in midgard and it made sense to the story but uh, I I think that's why it just did not have stay with me impact wise uh, compared to two. I I think they just they refined so many things and I it, it, I I I don't I don't blame people for looking at like these PlayStation first party games and thinking like ah oh, well they're 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 so like they're so trying to go for the Hollywood blockbuster they're not even video games anymore yada 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 like I I I get it in a lot of ways but I think that this it, like i i kind of feel that way with the last of us i but i haven't played the last of us so i that i i spoke speaking out of my ass there god of war i feel like is its own thing i feel like it is it's capturing that the magic that you go and see in a in like a hollywood film but it also has a has a game that feels good to explore in and do things in um that i think just it is what makes it so much special and truly makes it a, a video game uh at its core it's it's phenomenal um any other notes or thoughts on god of War ragnarok yeah it's just like everything that i've heard about the game has just been i've been hearing fantastic things about the whole thing as somebody who i very much grew up with a lot of interest in mythology i'm excited to see if i can sit down and play it at some point yeah yeah play both i mean I, even though i just was kind of like uh, you know, poo-pooing 2018 a bit. Like, they're both amazing games. I think I, I, I think that you kind of almost, like, I never normally would say this and let somebody jump around, but I feel like the way that they did the Norse mythology uh, iteration of the game, it's it's crucial that you do, if you don't play the 2019, 2018, you have to at least, like, watch a recap or something, because I think that yeah. they do things in it that are important and carry over into the second game absolutely that would be my recommendation like you don't have to play it but at least watch somebody play it or do a recap or something and if you have ps plus Welsh, uh it's the first the first game is free like you could you could just download it Ooh, okay um, so yeah that's that's important to note um but yeah there you go that's 20 that's ragnarok good game good game good <laughs> another good game uh is what, what what Matt's gonna say? Uh, what his game of the year is? What is your game of the year, Mister Matt? So I was dreading a little bit this podcast coming up because, <laughs> um, well, it, uh, up until November eighteenth of this year, because I wasn't sure what game I was going to talk about because the last two that I did were both Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, when I first like a month after I first played it. And then Endwalker, which was Endwalker. Um, so yeah. I was like, 
I think just in my head, I was just uh, subconsciously thinking like this doesn't just have to be like a game of the year. It has to be like one of my favorite games of all time, which is not the way to think. Don't do that, Matt. Um, <laughs> as I was getting closer, I was like, OK, I'll probably talk about Legends Arceus, but I haven't played that in a really long time and I never actually beat it. So like, you know, kind of kind of thinking that those thoughts and then Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out and they are now among my favorite Pokemon games. Hell yeah. Um, uh, I really don't want to talk that much about the like the 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 performance stuff. It's been said a lot. We can have more constructive criticisms. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about anyway. Uh, school children are meant to school children move at five frames per second. <laughs> like if you've never met a five year old, like that's how they move in real life. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is there. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Scarlet and Violet is it is such a cool deviation from what is normally done uh, and it's not that much but there's just there is so much more to do as part of the uh, as part of the main story and that's one of its biggest selling points and one of its uh, one of its greatest assets is it's not just okay go to all these gyms and do the gym stuff and then and then beat the uh, beat the evil team and do the legendary thing and 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 all that there's so much more to it than that um the the there's three main sections of the story all of them have their like very big pluses um there's the standard gym challenge where you do go and fight all eight gyms and then uh um and then do the elite four and uh and stuff um and the cool thing about each path is that you get uh there there's a there, there's an NPC who's kind of part of uh part of each one, um, uh, or NPC or or group of NPCs. Um, so you have uh, Nimona, who is the main uh the main your kind of main rival of the game and is uh moves you along in the gym challenge. You fight her a few times before the gym battle. Uh, there's the path of legends where, where you go fight a bunch of different Titan Pokemon with uh, with a guy Arvin um, to uh, to collect this thing called Herba Mystica, uh, which is a which are these uh, these herbs and uh, spices that have like very special powers and are kind of what make the, the Titan Pokemon so big and imposing. And then you have Starfall Street, which is trying to uh, take down members of Team Star, which which is the uh, uh, a group of. Uh, a group of uh, I, I, delinquents is the word I'm going to use um, <laughs> who from the from the school who have been like skipping class and stuff. And there's there's just so much character to all of them. Um, it ends up working out that there's uh, 18 total things to uh, take on and there are 18 Pokemon types. So each one of the things that you overcome, whether it's a Titan, whether it's Starfall Street, whether it's a gym, is its own unique type, which is which is a really cool way to uh, to design the game. And I I my guess is that if they like make a sequel, they'll do something similar where you can kind of get one of each type with that. I just hope it doesn't become too repetitive like the gym stuff did in the first place. But, you know, um, and the uh, a, a couple other things that, that make this game so great is that it's completely open camera, open world, and you have the legendary Pokemon <laughs> as your mount for the entire game. Once you once you complete the intro section, you use either Coridon if you're in Scarlet or Maridon in Violet the entire game. You meet them early, you feed them a sandwich. It's amazing. Um and 
I like it it endears me to the legendary so much. Um getting to like ride around on it and it gets some like a, a tiny bit of development throughout as well, mainly through the Path of Titans. And every time you do a Path of Titan, you get like a new travel feature. Like uh you can dash or you can glide or you can swim, depending on which which Titan you beat, which is always a uh always a nice thing to like feel like you've done something more and can like move 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 around a lot more. Um I just really love really love the way the game is structured. I really love the um the uh the the Pokemon as well. Some fantastic Pokemon designs. Um the final evolution of Sprigatito is is one of my now all-time favorite Pokemon. Um mainly using it in competitive, which I could do a whole other fucking uh dossier on why compet the competitive Scarlet and Violet right now is so much fun. Um but Miascarada is just a fantastic Pokemon. I love it. I love Skeleturge as well, uh Foycoco's final evolution. Um Quackleball is okay. I haven't gotten to use it yet, but um <laughs> it's uh it 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 is just a really well designed game. Yes, I do wish that the uh, performance issues w- would be able to support it, but that does not take away from everything else that that the the game does right and i really dig it um one last note is some of the songs in in it were composed by toby fox um oh, including yeah. like including a theme that gets used a lot um i i put it it's it's the first thing but like there's this motif that goes da 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 that is used so often throughout the soundtrack and i'm pretty sure that's a toby fox motif um like he wrote it and then like other composers who worked on the game like orchestrated it and used it in other things but it's a really good one and um and helps kind of like tie a lot of uh a a lot of themes and stuff together um i i also do want to mention and i'm not going to do anything any specifics but this has the best climax of any pokemon game including spinoffs uh, which includes Mystery Dungeon. I do think it's like it's up there with the uh, Mystery Dungeon climaxes. I'm not going to say anything else about it because Chris and Anthony are playing it, and I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Appreciate it. I I, I don't have a, ho- a whole lot to say of this outside of that. I am going to be picking it up, uh, maybe in a very public way, uh, the in the in the next uh, few days here. Um, and I'm very, very excited to give a go on this. I read an article yesterday uh, that had that at, on the surface had nothing to do with Pokemon because uh, it was just kind of talking about how like the idea of it's from The Verge uh, and the author is McKenna Kelly. Um, and the article title was in 2022 Cozy Games went from niche to a video game fixture. Um, and it's a fantastic article. I encourage anyone to read it. But in the in the you know in the in the ensuing uh, uh article the she uh, does bring up uh both Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet um and it's the the coziness of those games being that you're exploring this very colorful world and while yes you do have these battles and you probably do have intense moments during the story you're just generally hanging out in this world where you can kind of more than any other Pokemon game, choose like when you want to dive into something, choose like it kind of make the adventure what you want of it because it's yep. an open, open, seamless world in that sense. And 
that really does like I I as even though I'm I I am someone that doesn't always love open worlds considering that this is not like a dangerous open world it gets me a little bit more excited to dive into it and like and, and definitely like and and see if I can get into the Pokemon formula even more than ever I I beat Pokemon Legends Arceus earlier this year and fucking loved it i was i it reminded it was <laughs> my comparison at the time was that it was buck stacks but triple a <laughs> double a let's be honest uh yeah i guess so <laughs> but i i was uh i i i was definitely like I, I i enjoyed the fact that it was so much more of a focus on capturing things um and, and building the pokedex rather than just the battles i i recognize diving into Pokemon Scarlet Violet that I'm going to have to do a lot more battling and it's a lot more focused in on just the normal Pokemon formula which is going to the gyms and then a few of the extra story branches uh that build on the world as a whole I'm excited I'm I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by this game it's it's been a fascinating conversation obviously uh for for the good and the bad but for the most part a lot of good like a lot, a lot of really of good. good a lot of good <laughs> yeah uh it, it, it's like it has turned a, a lot of people who had been turned off to the pokemon franchise it's turned them back into pokemon fans and i think that's a win for everyone involved so i'm a graphic snob right like i need my games to be like super smooth like i really wanted to play hyrule warriors age of calamity but I refused to because it was so choppy. Um, and when Scarlet and Violet released, I looked at it and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the the textures and the general choppiness. Um, but I gave it some time. I heard nothing but positive things by people that were actually playing the game. And so I decided to pick it up. And I am really glad that I did. Because in my experience, the fun that I'm having is not being overshadowed by some of the more technical issues with it. Like, I cannot even tell you how many times I cackled to myself because I saw, like, five hopips just hanging out on this sunny, beautiful day in the coast of Spain and sent out my For Coco to murder all of them one by one it is so freaking funny that you can do that and that it doesn't stop there it will continue to wander around and look for things to fuck up it fills my heart with so much mischievous joy to know that i have unleashed a monster that is consuming everything in its path and growing stronger i can tell you we are going to save a fortune on therapy because he is just taking out <laughs> all of his aggression on the poor little field animals like i'm literally oh sitting there and he's like kelsey watch and i look up and no matter what it's going to be some sort of like mass murder taking place in the field with this cute little fucking i don't even know what it is it looks like a cherry tomato with a face is like just destroying things it's a lot he's enjoying it though good and the chaos doesn't just stop at the screen no because the game has such faithful bird noises that barnaby was trying to nap and he kept being woken up and like looking around to see where the bird noises are coming from he had anxiety for like the two hours that I was playing in at our living room. 
He was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I genuinely do, but oh my god. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's really fun. I can tell that it's going to be something different. The art direction is absolutely beautiful. I am shocked by how vibrant it looks. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what else it has. Yeah, one thing that uh, a lot of past Pokemon games, the problem that they had was that it was it was very a lot of stuff is very samey. Where it's like, okay, this route is designed differently, but like it looks the same. That's not a problem with Scarlet and Violet. The 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 routes and the areas have a lot of really nice variety to them. Where you get a general like, okay, this is kind of like a uh, you get kind of like a couple like kind of rocky areas. You get like the the mountain kind of looks looks relatively the same. You got a lot of like hills and stuff, but even then, there's a lot of like kind of these hidden gems of like places to um uh places to like wander through. And they may not there a lot of really cool. Uh, and the best looking areas, in my opinion, are not on the beaten path. You have to like go out of your way to go them and they're not near any of the like the main objectives. So it's a total like um, like if exploration is the path that you want to take, that's what you should do. And that's kind of like that. That's that, that's a, a huge theme of the story um, and not in this. Th this won't be spoiling anything, but a huge theme of the story is finding your own adventure. And it's a very specific like, oh, well, yeah, the game is is saying like, oh, you can complete this in any order. But the game is also actually saying, find your own adventure, find your own way to enjoy this game. And that's where you'll you will get the most out of it. And I really like that aspect of it. Anyone else have anything to say about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Dude, Pokemon, Pokemon's cool. I Pokemon's like, very cool. <laughs> yeah, I I it is makes me it makes my heart very happy uh, that I've I've now I I finally found a Pokemon game that I love and now diving into one one that's actually a real Pokemon game at this point. Like I I'm I'm eager to find out like if it, if I if I am truly going to be immersed in the Pokemon world or if if Legend if I'm just going to be a Pokemon Legends fan. Uh, <laughs> So we'll see. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping for the the former, uh, uh, more than anything. We are going to move on, and before we do the mid seg, I, uh, want to give our good friend Gabe the opportunity to talk about a game that he loves very much from this year, a game that he brought up last month, uh, for the for the art style conversation, but has so much more that he wanted to say regarding Tunic as a game as a whole. And he has this statement that he sent to me, uh, filed to me as a press release. Just kidding. It was in our Discord. Um, and it says, uh, first he says, I'm sorry I couldn't participate today, but I'll do my best to get it done down in words. Tunic is the type of game that left a lasting impact on me, and I mean that in the best way possible. This game really hasn't left my mind since I beat it for the first time. Since we left last month's topic, I've played through the game again, and its charm still hasn't worn off on my seventh playthrough deep. Honest to God, much like Sonic CD, it's become a type of comfort game I could beat in one or two sessions. I own the game both on Xbox and PS5, and I have been switching on and off between the two. There's little to no differences between the two versions, so that is an excellent sign for anyone who with those consoles. 
There's also a version on the Nintendo Switch, and I hear glowing reviews for it and its performance. The only thing that is any sense of an issue is that the load times are just a little longer than the next-gen versions, and the shadows for the objects aren't as crisp, but still the same gorgeous game. The game's grand sense of scale, yet tiny protagonist, is one of the biggest lasting impacts on me. You can truly feel just how big this world is as the little rune seeker, and being able to discover hidden routes and shortcuts to different areas by using items or seeing camera tricks is still so novel to me. It's di- it's it's difficult. Uh, its difficulty was dif- definitely a challenge for me, but I persevered and saw it through to the two endings the game has to offer. Its clever use of the camera and the manual was really really cool to me, and I still haven't discovered all the secrets the game has. The soundtrack is simply divine. It has a consistent instrumentation, instrumentation, but it can change the ha- ha- change how the mood or tension is perfectly. My personal favorite tracks are the final boss and the right side of the overworld. I cannot recommend this game enough to anyone looking for a challenge with clever puzzles and a beautiful world. Um, I will say I too. This is this is back. This is uh back to me. Hi, my name is Chris. Um, I. <laughs> Uh, I I play Tunic. I, I since the last time that we play that we talked about it, I have now beaten Tunic. Um, and it's a great game. It's it, it is exactly. I think I can speak to everything that Gabe is talking about. Uh, I I I took on I took it from a different point of view. I someone that again not big on action games doesn't always love the Zelda like uh format a, a whole lot. Um, I ended up turning on immunity and pulling up a guide, and I played it that way. And you may say that's not not the right way to play it. I I would just say eh, you can play video games however you want. But also, I also did still take a lot of joy in doing it that way. And it, it was just to see all these excellent areas and fantastic boss fights, and just a a, a gorgeous game. The manual, the, the having the game manual be your guide throughout the game is is uh just such a fantastic concept uh and at every page every page is just so well designed with a lot of great ways and hints of how the game works but just the just the art itself is just freaking gorgeous um i i and i really really had a delightful time with it and it, I definitely understand why, for many people, it is uh, up there on the best indies that came out this year. If, especially for a very good year for indie games, uh, it, it deserves to be up there in that conversation for sure. Um, does anyone have any? Uh, I know we talked about Tunic last episode, but is there anything else that people would like to add about Tunic uh, before we move on to our mid seg? Yeah, just going to quickly toss in that after it was featured on our art style pod, I was really impressed with it, and I picked it up in Steam's winter sale. I'm looking forward to playing it on my Steam deck. Hell yeah. Yeah, nice. it, is, it, is that, it, it seems like it's going to be a great uh, Steam deck uh, game, uh, more, more than likely. So, hell yeah. Uh, but there you go. That's Tunic, and thank you, Gabe, for writing in, and I please feel better. Um, but yeah, let's dive in to our mid-seg. Walsh, what, what, what are you going to throw us into this time? (laughs) Oh man, you guys ready? Yes. All right. 
everybody, everybody, shake off your of your bones. It's fresh. My bones. Do you want us just to be like pudding on the ground? That's exactly what I want. All right. No bones. Bones here. No bones. Boneless, boneless pizza. We're boneless. No bones left. Podcast. All right. You guys ready? (laughs) Yes. I have constructed a little bit of a guess who kind of game. Uh, Each of you are going to be given a prompt that next to your name will be the prompt. It'll be spoiled. Not click the one next to your name. Okay. I've added extra plenty of space just to not let anybody overthink anything. You can click on any of them except your own. Now we're going to be playing essentially a little bit of a 20 questions game. Let's say let's start with Anthony as our example. So Anthony, you can ask any you know twenty questions. They have to be yes or no questions, uh, and all of the answers they are video game related. Like I say here, they could be anything from a person, a place, a game, a character. Uh, any questions you'll ask, and then all of us can look at Anthony's answer, and then help him through it. Do I have anxiety right now? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes is the right answer. Okay. Um, is this yes is from, always the right answer. <laughs> is this from a game series? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it a game series that is primarily on Nintendo consoles? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does this game series feature a singular protagonist? No. 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 Okay. Is this in the Mario series? No. No. Okay. Hmm. I will not limit you to 20 questions, so don't be afraid to rapid fire. Okay. Fair enough. Um, is this in the Animal Crossing series? No. no. Okay. Donkey Kong? No. no. Wow. Um, did this start on the N64? No. Was this did this start before the N64? No. 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 Okay. GameCube? No. No. Wii U? Yes. Yes. Wii Wii U, you said, right? Yeah. So it did not start on the Wii. Uh, Wii U. Wii U. Wii U. Okay. Uh, Wow. It's not a yes or no. (laughs) 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 Um, Is it in the Legend of Zelda series? No. Can I ask a question to you? Why, like, when you say, is it in the, why are you saying it like that? Is the game like I've considered like a main title in that series? Yeah, I think. like I'm trying to pinpoint where it may have originated from. Holy shit! I don't know a lot of Wii U games. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, may I give a hint? I would love a hint. Sure. Uh, as as I think you've put together, it is a game, uh, <laughs> and it uh, this version of the game has come out in 2022. Out mm. in 2022. Okay. Oh, okay. It's not Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, right? No. No. Um. We also did say it was not from the Donkey Kong series. <laughs> You're right. You did say that. Uh, does it involve a human character? No. I'm going no. to say no. Yeah, no. no. Technically, no. <laughs> so it's an animal character? No. Kind of? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I'm, not, I'm just going to stay out of this one because I don't uh, know what I'm talking about. Sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> no, it's okay. I actually haven't played these, so I don't really know. I shouldn't be talking. 
Uh... <laughs> okay. Um, when you say that it was re-released in 2022, did not it re-released? It, it it did not. Released. It it, 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 it was, was initial not... release 2022. This, this is this game. This particular game released for the first time in 2022. It is not. How is it connected to the Wii U? It's because we said it's <laughs> part of a game series. Yes. Oh, so I'm a specific game from a game series that started on the Wii U and it That's... released an entry this year. That's why I was 100%. questioning him on how he was phrasing what he was phrasing, because I think he was trying to guess something inside of a game. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, okay. I said, yes, it's a game. Okay, I see. Um, Apologies. Is it Pikmin? It is not. No. Um, is it Bayonetta? No. Ask, ask, um, ask it, ask about adjectives of the game. Is Very it, funny. uh, violent? Kind of, yeah. You'd say yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it cute? Yes. yes. Is it Kirby and the Forgotten Land? No. 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 Oh, that's true. It started before the Wii U. Give you three more uh, guesses. Uh, did it receive any awards this year? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Can I give him a hint? Before. I Can think a particular it? adjective would actually help him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that okay? I don't want to do anything that's outside the rules. Uh, you can go ahead, or I'm thinking to give him the uh, the the number sequel it is. I would even say a genre, but uh, it's uh, I yeah. was, I was whatever, just say... whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I'll I'll take the adjective. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me just send it to Chris to make sure that I'm doing this right. Because I haven't played them. <laughs> They're all going to be an English lesson by the end for everybody. Uh, sh- yay. On that one, Kels. Yeah, yeah, was that a yay or nay? A yay. A yay. A yay. It's squishy. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> that helper hurt. That hurt. I am so confused. <laughs> it's squishy. The nature. The nature of the game is like. Anthony, the title has a three at the end. There you go. A three. And we already established it's not Bayonetta 3. Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's, not, it's not squishy like squeezy squishy. It's squeezy like thwacky squishy. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd thwack it against something and it would make a squish sound. I will Splatoon say though. Splatoon 3? Yeah. That's yes. it. You got yes. it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, I, you got it only from my help. My help is what they're yeah. doing. All right, Matt, are you ready to have your brain turned inside out? Oh, you know it. I'm just I, kidding. That wasn't just only me. I, I think I, I complicated it. Is no, it okay? Is it a character? No. Is it a game? Yes. Okay. Is it from a Sony related game? No. No. Nintendo. Yes. No. Well, uh, oh, no. Okay. N- uh, Nintendo no. first party. No. No. Nintendo second party. No. Okay. Um. Is it a? Is it a? Did it did it originate as a as a game character or as a no? 
Is it primarily a video game property? So, so I, I'm confused what you're asking. Okay, it is, is a game. It, is it a licensed game? No. Okay. Uh, this is Nintendo. Is it Mario? It's 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 not Nintendo. It's yeah, not I Nintendo at all. Oh, shit. Oh it no, not, it's not Nintendo at all. <laughs> okay, it's not Nintendo. Sorry, God. Yeah, um, it's all right. And it's not Sony. Um, is it an RPG game? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah, I'd say no. Is it a platformer? Yes. 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 Okay. Is it PS2 GameCube era? No. Is it Wii PS3 era? No. Is it N64 PS1 era? No. Is it earlier than N64? No. Is it on the Switch? Yes. I'm just, just letting Chris take this one. <laughs> you, said, you said it's not a licensed game. It is not a licensed game. Okay. I don't even know what licensed game means. It means that like like SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom would or be Or like the game. Lego Star Wars oh. games. Yeah. Or double yeah. licensed. <laughs> like, yeah. like think think games that like the way he was describing it earlier. Like it's a game that's like not originally a video game. Yeah. In property. The My Little Pony games. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's forget. not so it, so it, it's a platformer. It's on the Switch. Is it ukulele? Yeah. No. No. Is it a cutesy platformer? No. It's a little cute. I don't think it's cute. I I I don't know if it's I don't think it's going for cute necessarily, but there okay. are cute things in it. Okay, I guess. And it's, it, is it Balon Wonder Wonderworld? No, no. <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Shoot. God. Nope. Don't don't help me. You know. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna. Say <laughs> it's so <laughs> intense. <laughs> Sorry, right, Chris, Chris breathes in the wrong direction. Don't help me. Is it, is it Switch exclusive? No, no, no. Platformer not Switch exclusive. It's not first party Nintendo. No. Adjectives of your friend here. It, does the character? Okay. <laughs> um, are the sure, ask about the characters? Yeah. Um, are the characters human? No. Main characters human? No. Okay. Um, are they canine? No. no, no. Okay, so it's not super lucky. Deal. Um, uh, it's it's not cute. Is it difficult? Uh, I that's don't know. probably too subjective. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not. It, well, it's it, it's not. Is it known for difficulty? I don't mm, think so. No. Okay. Uh, that's a tricky one. Okay. Yeah. I'll ignore, it, it. I'll ignore it, it. Yeah. What the fuck is this game? Um, are are the are the characters reptilian? No, no. Okay, but they're not human. Are they no. ghosts? No, no. Are they Yoshi's? No, no. It's not Nintendo. <laughs> um, it's it, it's not trying to be cute. No, I don't, I I I would argue no. Okay. Um. You want to go to adjectives? Blanking on adjectives. Just just the basic adjectives that you treat like a kindergartner. Like uh, that is train it, goes. Is it, a, is it a happy game? No. <laughs> no, oh, I wouldn't know either way. 
<laughs> neutral game. I wouldn't say it's not a happy game. Yeah, that's true. I was like, and the I'm cat sure. is blank. The plane goes blank. Like, do things do, like do that. You want, I, I have, I have a release window hint. If you want that, I gave a very similar hint to uh, Anthony early on. I feel like once I get that, I'll know it. Well, that's you. We itself. want you to know it. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> that's true. Fine, Chris, 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 what's the hint? Uh, it came out this year. Came out this year. Oh, I don't know if that helps me. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I, I think it's at least vague enough. Still, <laughs> can I give a hint? Depends on the hint, because apparently. He doesn't want to know what it is. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, my hint might be too generous. So never right. Walsh, what was your hint? Oh, it was the exact same thing. It came out twenty twenty two. Oh shit! You still haven't gone with my hint. Hey, yeah, I also have Anthony's hint. You... <laughs> Everyone has. Let's do, let's do. Let's do Kelsey's hint. You have to ask me to give you an adjective oh that's true anthony did say that it's his is a little revealing so never mind i was like why are you why are you skipping anthony yeah, that's what that's exactly like. <laughs> Kelsey, can you give me an adjective well no no i meant like you have to ask a question like you have to ask me <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> kelsey is it squishy <laughs> the, um the character probably like the main character is it kirby in the forgotten land he's definitely squishy main character what being the main character is not known for being squishy but i'm not i'm using i'm not using squishy like video game language squishy like i'm not saying that it's like a squishy character like easily beaten or anything i'm just saying that like based off of what this character is Wait, I they are squishy. Who is most likely made of meat and flesh is most likely squishy. Yeah, yeah, that's you my are, point. I am, I am out of it. <laughs> I have gone this game is. Uh, I have an adjective, but I don't want to just like make you angry by giving too much away. I don't know no. if it would give too much away though. Okay, okay, can I give my me. hint? Just, sure, Anthony, go. At one time, they were a flagship character. Oh, is it? Am I Crash Four, or am no. I Spyro? This this game is fast. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm am I am I uh Sonic uh what what fucking about this year? Frontiers. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, until you said that, Kelsey, I had forgotten that Sonic existed. <laughs> yeah, That's why I was like sputtering and I was like, I'm just gonna give him my adjective. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you, you were on the right track when you said Balan Wonderland. I that's me too. I that's okay. exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> Was I released by Sony? No. Sorry if that was too much of a hint. No, it's. I mean, that's that's what got me there. This mid-sake can only go so long. No, I was not. I was not getting anywhere. I think these next last two are going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh yes. I'm on my knees. Hear me out. I will. I will also say when Kelsey said squishy for Sonic, I was just kind of like, "Is he squishy? I thought he's pointy." Hedgehog. Hedgehogs are squishy. Not that hedgehog. Yeah. The thing about Sonic characters characters is that they don't really look like the animals that they're based on. I know, but he's made out of meat, so he's somewhat squishy. (laughs) (laughs) That was my point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Modern Warfare Two, squishy. <laughs> uh well, all right. I would say Kratos is squishy. Sif squishy. He's got those. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, all right, Kelsey, you're up. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> is it a person? No. No. Is it a place? No. No. Is it a game? No. no. Is it a character? No. No. Is it etc.? Yes. And sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it's none of those things, what the fuck, Walsh? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, we got a lot is of it a... about it in 2022. What? what? So, but we got a lot of news about it in 2022. But don't we got that... a lot of news about it, but it's not so we don't it's not out yet, whatever it is. Yes. Okay, yeah. so it's an it though. So it's a and if it's not a game. But it's an it that isn't released yet. Is it a movie? Correct. Yes. And it's not out yet. And we got a lot of news about it. It's the Mario movie. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Elsie's showing everybody how it's done. I will I will say that. Well, I I kind of got pigeonholed into having a very specific category. <laughs> no, listen. when you think of things that are not yet released, that it's like it's games or movies. But listen, <laughs> yeah. you did the right thing of going directly to category. Yeah. Yes, it's true. All right. All right, it's Chris, are you ready? <laughs> I'm so excited. No! All right. Is it a game? No. No. Is it a character? No. No. Oh, <laughs> Anthony wants to answer yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a movie? No. 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 Is it a person? Yes. 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 Is it a real person? Yes. 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 Fuck me. Is it like uh, is it uh what the fuck is is it Chris Pratt or whatever? Um <laughs> it's no. not Chris Pratt, no. Uh, okay. Is it someone that's starring in the Mario movie? No. 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 Is it a is this a person that's well known in the video game world? No. Not yet. No. Let me throw you off. I, I'm just being a little shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to him. Okay. Well, this, how is this person in any way like have anything to do with this podcast? Not yes. necessarily. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we have talked about this individual. Yes. Yes. Is it a person that we actually know? Yes. Yes. Is it Gabe? No. No. Oh. <laughs> is it is it a person that's on this call? Yes. 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 Is it me? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I'm glad that did not take me too long. To be, you know, at least. When you were like, is it Chris Pratt? I was like, it's not Chris Pratt! <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that I, when I unspoiler mine, it says Chris, in parentheses, host of the Gaming Coop podcast. <laughs> as if you needed to specify. <laughs> is he famous in the video game world? Not yet. <laughs> There's a lot of Chris's out there. There are a lot of Chris's out there. Yeah. Thank you guys uh, for uh, going through that horrible <laughs> torture. I, for my entertainment. I had fun. I enjoyed I, that. Yeah. I do, too. though, think this is the type of mid-seg that would be really funny with Gabe. Yes. So we have to do this again. G Gabe would have been cackling during the Sonic yes. Frontiers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Gabe crying would have given it away to me. I yes. think the Green would have had to have muted himself, honestly. Like, I don't think he would have been able to stand not giving you information. Absolutely.
I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're the Virtual Ball Boys. During the NFL season, we will talk about the games and headlines on everyone's minds. Plus, we give our predictions for the weeks ahead. In the offseason, we run our own fictional football league with tabletop gameplay mechanics. Like that? Listen to the Virtual Ball Boys on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will see you on the show. Good night and good ball. All right. We shall move forward into uh, the the portion of our game of the year podcast where it's not that we uh, we do want to emphasize this is a game that you very much enjoyed this year. It does not necessarily mean need to be a game that came out this year. So I want to just emphasize that this is a this is very much a personal game of the year, uh, regardless of release date. And because of that, Anthony, you have a game of the year. What is it? All right. So my game of the year is Destiny 2. And I'm going to start off my segment on it with a bit of lore that is going to flavor the rest of this segment. Love flavor. Flavor. So there once was a man named Omar. <laughs> is this a limerick? <laughs> yeah, I was about no. to say. <laughs> I know it sounds like a limerick, but I swear it's not. <laughs> okay, okay. And he lived a pretty normal life until one day he suddenly died because there was a cataclysmic event that almost killed everybody in the solar system. Man, I hate this limber. (laughs) (laughs) And he was brought back to life by a machine god who imbued him with life and these superpowers and a new purpose to save humanity. And he went on a mission to kill one of humanity's biggest foes and he died again and a bloodthirsty magical alien force brought him back to life one more time to run cruel experiments on him and they took his powers and his soul and put them into a little bug And he remained that way until we rescued him. And when we got him, he was really, really angry about it, but willing to help us. So we put him inside of a gun. And that gun is named Xenophage. And when you fire it, every single bullet is imbued with this explosive hatred power. And all he wants to do is help you kill his enemies. And when you reload the gun for a split second, you can see him as a bug crystallized inside of the weapon, just hanging out. And fast forward to December 2022, Destiny is celebrating its Christmas event, and they release this beautiful Christmas skin for Xenophage. And it has this nice gold and white adornment with this icy blue detailing. They put a Christmas hat on the bug. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't tell anybody until an eagle-eyed Destiny player is like, wait a minute, why is he wearing a hat now? (laughs) And that, in a nutshell, is the intersection of Destiny with incredible story writing, a universe of lore, and all these silly little details that just make everybody really happy. 
So Destiny 2 is a first-person shooter MMO made by Bungie, who you may recognize as the studio that made the original Halo games. And in a nutshell, it's about space magic, friendship, and committing war crimes. And it's been building on this consistent story and a literal universe of lore for eight years at this point. And it's my Game of the Year pick because it sees so many different parts of game development come together to a really well-refined form. And you can see it in the story writing, whether it's the main epic story beats or the way that the characters are written to the sound design from the music or the acting with actors such as Lance Reddick having roles in this game. Um, and the gameplay and gunplay is incredible and at the top of its genre. And just the different places you can go and see are all so well detailed and so varied. Um, I shared an Imager album with you guys before just to give you kind of a sense of what the world of Destiny looks like. And you can see things like caves that are dark but have this well-lit ivory tree. Or, you know, this giant monster in these old ruins, alien ruins, or you know, some planet that is filled with ice or this little Halloween event where there's just all these cute little Halloween decorations or me celebrating with teammates. All these, I could sit here for days and tell you all of the different areas and things that we've seen in Destiny. But um, it really is an experience where you never quite know what you're going to get. You're just excited to get it. And... One of my favorite parts is how well you can customize your character. Um, in the Imager album, the first image is of my current character. And they have this kind of cowboy gear that I got from doing this adventure with the small team where we destroy uh, these machines in an old uh, military vault. And you just get these armor pieces and they're super cool. Um, and the class identity that you can build for yourself. You know, some people choose a class that allows them to create a flaming revolver made out of sunlight that vaporizes enemies with this really like thunderous snap. Or some people choose to become literal aspects of lightning and turn themselves into a ballistic missile made out of thunder that shoot themselves at bosses and explode. Um, and you have like space wizards who can conjure this giant orb of the void of space and make enemies drown in it. And the gameplay is just so impressive and varied and fun. And you can really sink your teeth into creating who you are. And... One of the best aspects, I think, is that I don't know at this point if there are hundreds of weapons and armor pieces or if there are thousands, though I think thousands is a bit more likely at this point. Um, but each of them have their own story associated with them. 
And sometimes it's a story just about a conversation between two characters that you know. Or it can be a note from somebody who died years and years ago, and nobody even knows their name anymore. And even more impressive than that is the stories that you actually get to take a part in. You know, there's a raid that you do with a team of six players, and you not only kill this god, but you then go and kill his soul as well. And you get all these cool weapons and armor pieces, and they're always pushing the line with their storytelling. And I think one of the most compelling themes that they play around with, and I think it's fairly unique for this kind of genre, is gray morality. You know, are you doing this for the right reason? You know, are you doing something that your enemy does, but you have a better reason to do it? Can you trust this character even though they do bad things because they're helping you do good things? Or is somebody who does good things and has now done bad things irredeemable? And it creates a really compelling narrative that kind of shifts and evolves as the story does and as the players do. Um, and you never really know where it's going to go next. And just returning to the topic of raids for a minute, um, they drop a major raid every new year. Uh, not like on the new year, like January 1st, but usually with the major content drop. And it is one of the coolest experiences. You know, I've played MMOs and I've done raids before, but the amount of communication and um, organization that you need to do with a six-player team, it's not only the puzzles in between boss encounters, but also the puzzles that unfold during boss counters that really elevate it into something more than what you would expect from this kind of MMO. And at the end of the day, I feel that Destiny 2 can appeal to a lot of people because it doesn't just cater to any one crowd. If you want to just experience a story once a year or every few months, uh, they put a lot of effort into doing that. If you're the kind of person who likes to just log on and do something 30 minutes a day or a few hours a week, they have really good slow burn content. And if you want to get really involved and, you know, do the, the hardest content that you can, there's a lot of really rich content there waiting for you as well. Um, so it's my game of the year for this year, and I'm really excited to see what it does next year. Yeah. I, I mean, the, it, 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 yeah, technically it is, even though it is like an older game, it still keeps on getting new content and the story keeps on updating. And it is like you do get like these new adventures that are from 2022 ultimately. So it is, it does still feel like a new game. Um, I, 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 you, you were streaming this the last few days. I have, a, I, I've been watching on and off here and it's a gorgeous game. It's, a, it is, yeah. it looks like it's a lot of fun the one of the things that stood out to me was what you showed me yesterday which was the a mission where you had to like basically platform across uh different space ship parts across space yeah and, uh, that that was like really really cool to me um for what i saw um 
Anthony, but... did you recognize where your intro line was from? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, I love you so much and you are so into destiny, but I have such a hard time when you tell me about it sometimes with all the different lore, but what has stood out in my mind time and time and time again is Cade. Cade's storyline, the ace of spades gun, right? What's the name of the gun? Yep. That's right. Yeah. The, those things that happened in the story, I remember. And the line that I used for your intro was, um, he said, uh, who needs light on your side when you have a fine feathered companion? And it's in reference to Colonel. Oh my God. You're and right. Because one of my favorite things ever is that this badass murderous guy named Cade has a uh, pet chicken named Colonel that he uses in part of the game. Um, and I just think that that kind of humor and levity to certain things is really funny. Also found out in my research that Nathan Fillion uh, voiced Cade for most of the game, which I think is cool. So, yeah. Did um, I wonder if they they made the chicken name named Colonel? I guarantee you, it's after Colonel Sanders. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I guarantee that's, you, it's after Colonel that, Sanders. That's a, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But like, he literally apparently uses Colonel as like a distraction to then assault, like blind assault enemies. Like he'll that's throw awesome. the chicken out, and they'll like go over to it, and they're like, it's just a chicken, and then he like sneak attacks them. I think that's great. Yeah. So Cade was one of my favorite characters because he really, he plays like the smooth talking gunslinger and he was symbolic to destiny too, because people were like, I'm tired of story expansions where everybody's just cracking jokes. You only release these stories that don't take any risk and everybody's just happy and having fun. So Bungie was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. They released a DLC where the trailer was that Cade gets shot and killed. And that sort of symbolic death built a Destiny 2 where they were no longer afraid to take risks with their storytelling and paint with these darker strokes. And I think that it's really elevated the game into something where you don't always know what's going to happen with the story. And they can make some really incredible plot twists out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I like. I feel like you. I I I think it is, it, especially for a game like this. You do want to keep players on their toes because you want them to come back and you want them to keep playing the game. Uh, and so that's cool that they, that they were like. Let's let's kind of blindside these people in a way that's like we and and really make you know let let's try to go in a different direction with the story that actually is gonna keep people excited about coming back to it. Um, and it really has. It really feels like the last year or two of Destiny has been like it feels like this game has gone like such a renaissance in a weird way very under the radar like not a lot i feel like not a lot of people end up talking about it but for at least the outlets that i follow people were really into the witch queen when it came out but even after the fact like people got back into destiny in a big way in recent times and i it's and with bungie now kind of being part of sony it's kind of uh a wild 
situation of like what now you're like you're excited for what that's the future dusty 2 is but now like what's this next game that they have with under the under a a, a studio that they were once rival to when they were at microsoft it's yeah it, it's a it's a wild it, what a wild journey that bungie has gone through as a studio but and also just as destiny 2 it feels like had had the had a, i think it I think a lot of people loved it at the launch that it died down and then it feels like it's kind of having this resurgence. It's really cool. It is. And just to talk to Witch Queen for a second, um, spoilers, like end spoilers for the DLC. Um, but talking about the story beats that they play with, with gray morality, Bungie wrote the story in a way where it's like, what if this major antagonist that has been a thorn in your side for years and is one of the major threats to the galaxy. What if one day she was chosen by the same machine god that brought you back to life and gave you your purpose? And what if her and all of her followers were blessed with the same light that you wield? Oops. <laughs> what would it mean if you were to go and kill her and kill them and destroy the same ghosts uh, sorry, the same companions that follow you and help you. And it creates resounding um, complications, you know, and it's kind of like a who am I and what am I doing kind of moment in this story. So, yeah, it's just really compelling, I think. Isn't that a ongoing, isn't that really like the main theme in the game is like identity and yeah. not really knowing who you are? Yeah, and it's because when you're brought back to life by the machine god, all of your memories of who you were before are completely lost to you. So you're literally given this new identity and this new purpose, and it completely erases who you were before. Dang. Fun. <laughs> Existential bullshit. Love it. <laughs> hey matt matt this might be your next mmo <laughs> i don't think i would enjoy this game uh, yeah but... <laughs> i don't i don't know about that i i'm sure one mmo is enough to balance for a lifetime honestly oh, yeah. based off of my understanding of how these things work um all right anyone have anything else they would like to say about destiny 2 actually i i do i have something yeah. to say no, yes, tell us. Uh, it, it's actually a little surprising to me, you know, hearing how much I remember. I had a friend who actually talked a little bit negatively about it. They felt like, oh, it was just like they're just like copy and pasting the last game. So it's really, I'm really glad to hear that not only are they like keeping uh, keeping up with it and even still doing updates, but that people are very much enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, Destiny Two has definitely, and even Destiny One. They've had a lot of dark periods where, you know, people weren't completely happy with the game or the Bungie was doing something that wasn't working. Um, overall, it kind of speaks to this evolving content model that they're doing. And they're not always going to get things right. And burnout is a real thing, especially for MMOs like this, where there's just a constant drip of content. Um, and it's never really going to be immune from that. But I think that it's cool that there's always something for you to come back to later, which is what I appreciate about it. Absolutely. Sweet. Uh, and with that, we shall move on. Uh, hey, Walsh. Yeah, Chris? 
Uh, I want. I just want to know what your game of the year is. My game of the year? Well, it seems a little silly because my game came out in. Uh, let me check my files here. Uh, Twenty sixteen. Mm. Listen, that's all right. I previously talked about this game. I'm not going to keep that cadence up. I previously <laughs> talked about this game. When we did. We discussed our wholesome games, and I talked about Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, which I think now that I can maybe go a little bit more in depth. Plants vs. Zombies came out. Everybody loved Plants vs. Zombies. Plants vs. Zombies Two came out, and it was like now owned by EA. So you know, it's like Plants plus DLC. Uh, pay if you want. I, I think. I think what. I played a little bit a very long time ago. I remember watching something more recently where it was basically like you don't own the plants, you kind of rent them. Very huh. wild. Um, but Plants vs. Zombies 3 was going to come out. That didn't, I think, did like a warfare thing. But then more recently on the mobile store, they did Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. I say recently. Uh, but it came out 2016. So recent. In which it is a strategy card game, and you have five lanes of combat, and you are play either playing as the plants or the zombies, and there's different categories of cards depending on what you want to play, and then order goes, you know, you play your cards, and then it goes from left to right with them either attacking, and then if they still have health left, they're still standing, and if not, they're no longer standing. It actually was a strange stepping stone now that I've more recently, not, I wouldn't say gotten into, but I've played a couple games of things like Magic the Gathering, stuff like that. And I'm like, this, this is like Plants vs. Zombies, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like the it, the boss baby meme. <laughs> It's okay when I when I first played My Sims DS, I I first played My Sims DS, and then when I finally played Animal Crossing, I went, "Oh, this is just like My Sims DS." Right. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> but that was my experience with that. Really, I went through back and forth on a lot of games that I could have talked about for this, and either it was games that either I haven't gotten a full chance to play all of it yet, or maybe the ending didn't sit right with me. But time and time. Like again and again, even in previous years too, because I've played this not just this year. It's a game that I keep coming back to, and maybe it is because of its addicting mobile game like nature. But it's not one yet that I feel like they are cheating me too bad. <laughs> so I feel like I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think that that's the most important thing. There's no story mode. There's a campaign mode with like missions that you play through, and then you beat those 200 missions and they really don't add too much else but you can always play random games i've gotten a lot more into the like, ranked gaming modes too where you play against actual people which has actually been a lot of fun and otherwise i think i talked a lot of it during the wholesome game stuff it's just been interesting that i've i've come back to it um <laughs> i came back to it and i realized i was like how are you supposed to get the other heroes and stuff turns out you can just buy them um, but while you could spend actual real-life money, it's not actually too hard to get things like gems and things like that if you actually enjoy playing the game and spending time in it, which really isn't too bad. And since then, I've gone on to get a lot of packs, get a lot of the different heroes. There's one hero that's under the plants and one under the zombies that is, oh, you can't buy them. It's like, how are you supposed to get them? And they're like, oh. And then this <laughs> this week they released like hey you can uh 
can if you get the special pack, the special deal we got going on right now, it could have the limited edition hero in it. Which sucks. A lot of those loot box loot box type things do suck. Especially in a lot of games. But the one thing that I like that they do is they'll say, for example, you can spend a hundred gems for a pack. Or you can spend a thousand gems for eleven packs. And you can open them all at once. Things like that. So I saved it up and I did that. And I did actually get the hero. It does feel random, but it does feel like there is an actual chance to get good stuff. And gems aren't actually that hard to get. I bought that pack maybe a week ago and I'm already up at like 400 gems again. And it's really not too bad. No, I sound like I'm some like middle-aged mom who's gotten sucked into Candy Crush, <laughs> and I'm really about to whip out my credit yeah. card. But uh, I really don't think that I am. I find yeah. that it's just an entertaining strategy game, and not even one that I think. I feel like some people hear strategy game, and it's like, oh, I'm really gonna have to like put all my brain power towards it. I can play it and be watching or doing something else. It's not something that you have to put all of your brain power into and that you can come back to again and again. And that's what I've been really enjoying about it, that it's just been this rock that I, that's very easily to grab and pull out on my phone and keep coming back to. Yeah. It feels, it feels like a lot of, um, IPs general lately have been looking to get into this mobile card game market. Uh, and obviously the latest one being Marvel snap, uh, in terms of the popularity and, and how big that's gotten, um, but yeah, a lot. Of, uh, I, 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 it seems like Plants vs Zombies is maybe the one that I may tr- like give a try for. I don't know. Like, like I played, I played very briefly. I tried Le- uh, Legends of Runeterra, which is a big favorite for Kelsey and Anthony, and. Was I I I enjoyed it fine. Like I just it wasn't really something that stuck with me. I don't know if Plants vs Zombies would stick with me, but I feel like it's kind of it feels like a very welcoming card game by comparison to maybe others out there. Um, but if I may, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay. Uh, listen, listen well, if I, I may, yeah, yes. Let's say compared to Magic the Gathering, where it's like, well, you better yeah. buy your forty dollar pack to get started like that where you have to like shell out you better be ready to shell out some real money if you want the cards that make you win if you were going to play something like i don't know i remember hearing about how bad the Yu-Gi-Oh scene was of all things years ago but uh, yeah i know uh plants vs zombies it's weird because on the surface it has everything that should make it look like some like cheap cash grab to just get people's attention it was especially 2016 it was a little bit late it's trying to cash in on all of the superhero theme stuff all of the superhero movies that are coming out at the same time because ooh, that's the gimmick some of the plants have been turned into superheroes and it, it kills me because not even the zombies are called villains they're just also called heroes <laughs> they no one does anything heroic they just play cards in one another you could tell that a lot of thought and care has gone into the different cards, the different plant designs, a lot of the different ways that things are balanced. 
and a lot of the different ways that uh, just different abilities work. There's usually a daily challenge where they try to show off some ability or card or maybe it's a puzzle and the enemy has 200 health and you have like 10 cards in your hand and it's like okay you have to beat the enemy in one turn and usually the enemy will have 20 health sorry usually you need the context before i'm like 200 health that's crazy um <laughs> but you could tell that that this was definitely like, oh, what are the kids like now? Superheroes, make it a fucking superhero thing. And there was somebody on the ground that was like, I'm going to put a lot of thought and effort into this. Yeah. And you could see that in the work in the gameplay. I would say the only downside is it does seem like whoever was working on it, they've mo they're most likely just keeping the lights on because somebody's probably still spending real money on it somewhere else and that people are still playing it online. Uh, but... So while people, you know, you could still easily find people to play against online, it doesn't really seem like I'm going to be getting any updates or anything anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, I did I did not mean to unintentionally throw yeah, a mm -hmm, shot at mm -hmm. Runeterra. I was... Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. No, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Runeterra okay, sucks. Yep. Only it was cutesy, like, <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies, for my, for my, for my brain. That... How dare you say, say that it's time. not cutesy? It is a it is adorable. Do we need to get some poros in here? Uh that's literally what I'm about. I'm about to flood this <laughs> fucking chat. Yeah, poros are great. The poros are great. Um, I I I think I think also one thing that Runeterra has that's probably in the better light is the fact that they they I don't think they even have any sort of major monetization that's bad, right? Here, here's a gay poro. Mm -hmm. Take that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um here's a grandpa Poro feeding his reading his baby Poros right, a Christmas right. story. If I, if I get back into card games, I'll try Runeterra first. Mm -hmm. You just aren't uh -huh. big into card games generally. Right. That's not it's usually not, her it's, vibe. It's not my so. vibe. Uh that, don't it, don't fucking guilt him because then he's gonna be like, oh, you know what? I'll play Plants for Zombies Heroes. No, I gotta play Rune Terror. No, he should play it. No, no, he should try it because I would like for him to actually get into card games. So we've actually made him play Magic: The Gathering. We've made him play League of uh, Legends of Rune yeah. We've made him play several iterations of those types of card games, and he's always like. I'll be a good sport, but don't make me do it again. And that's just kind of how <laughs> it's always gone. Do it again. Showing a little bit of the gun at his waist. <laughs> I yeah, I, I it's it's definitely like among like my least like wanting to get like that, that's a genre that I'm like this is not why I'm into at all. But uh yeah, again we, we have we have a few contenders for potential uh maybe starters for me. Um, but yeah, anyone else have anything they would like to say about Plants vs Zombies Heroes? Sounds like a less cool Legends of Runeterra, but <laughs> God, we'll take your anger towards Chris out on Matt Kelsey. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I, I, Matt, Matt can take I, it. I just, I just, my, my brain goes to our uh, the advertisement for Gaming Cube with Kelsey. Be like, are you sick of gamers being toxic? <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and Anthony flooding the chat with poros because you dare say that Legends of Runeterra is not cute. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, cute, we have one more person to talk about their game of the year, and it is myself. Hey, Chris. Hey, yes. Chris. 
What's your game of the year? Well, I'm glad you oh, wait, asked hold that. On. Can we talk about how Chris did not phrase that to mean his game is cute or the character is that he is cute? That Chris is cute. Chris yes, is cute. I, I was also Aww. thinking that. Like, speaking of cute, we have one more person to talk about their game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I'm not even going to say that was a mistake. I, I'll just roll with it. That Yes, I just called myself cute. Um, the team four star, like, bitch, I'm adorable. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting year post the 100 game challenge in that I thought I would slow down and I did, especially in the early parts of this year, because I had school that I was worried about and other things going on, but I, uh, I still figured out a way to beat 64 games. this year. Wow. <laughs> Nintendo 64 Nintendo games. Nintendo 64. Right. Um, was there a Nintendo 64? I don't know. I have to, I have to look back at that. Um, but I um this was such a great this is such another great year for me of just like a lot of games I fell really head over heels for and uh I definitely want to shout out a lot of them at the end. Um not a lot of them. Yeah, we don't have so much that much time. But um I I think the I I I went into this year thinking that this game could be my game of the year. Um and it, it ended up being that, and, and that is Kirby in the Forgotten Land, um, a game that I like. It was so funny watching that direct last September, seeing that happen, and the moment that Kirby broke into a third dimension, I literally like just popped the fuck off, like screamed in excitement, because. I was like, it has been so long that we haven't seen them tr attempt the Kirby 3D platformer. I mean, they I know that they initially were planning on doing so back when, like, in, like, the GameCube era, I want to say, and it just didn't come to fruition. Um, And so I, I was super excited about that. And entering this game, I was kind of not a... I, I had kind of fallen off of the recent Kirby games. Um, you know, Re Return to Dreamland on the Wii was the one that, like, I had such a struggle playing through. I had, like, multiple playthroughs across multiple channel channels that I really tried to, like, keep playing it, but I just was not really having that much fun with. I know a lot of people like Return to Dreamland, um, but it's definitely, I don't think it's among the best that Kirby has had over the years. And then that made me not really get into Planet Robot and Triple Deluxe because they were using the same engine, and I would similar, similarly play, start to play those games and just not really get in, like really enthralled with them. So Kirby of Godland was like a welcome, like oh holy shit, this is this is going to be something that's completely new, and I I think it delivered in in a way that it, Kirby of Godland is one of my favorite games I've ever played in terms of. Every single level feels like a toy box to play in. It's not it's not like an open world toy box. You are it's still linear levels, but you are every aspect of the level's design is is well thought out in terms of you know what Kirby is facing next. Uh the I, I think that you kind of you know from like the jump like that this game is gonna be special when he wakes up on the beach, he walks through this dark woods and then comes out of the woods and you are hit with the 
uh, the uh, swelling of the music and the skyscraper that's been like the started to be a little overgrown and the flower petals falling from the sky and it's just this intense like oh holy shit here we go this is this is the the new game the new kirby adventure um and that led into like a very silly car drive anime like sequence that has the theme song playing in the background um and it's that it's the the levels that you have where you're going through like the mall and at the end you like break down the wall by like like becoming a locker and like just (laughs) banging on the wall a bunch and like it falling over and it's just so silly and ridiculous like one of the things that was revealed before right right before the game release was this mouthful mode and mouthful mode is essentially kirby instead of him swallowing something and becoming that like that creature's ability he is swallowing objects and is not fully swallowing them instead he just becomes them but he, like he's kind of like morphed around him them in a kind of grotesque way and when this was first revealed i was like that's fucking weird i don't know if i'm into this it ended up being the best part about this game like they they introduced like these these mouthful abilities in a way that I think kind of added to the experience that made it feel silly, but felt good to play. Like obviously becoming the car is a lot of fun. It feels really good to drive around as the car. Um, But even like the one shot mouthful mode moments, like one of the most emotional moments of this game for me was when you become the, you you swallow like the rocket roller coaster and you go up and down the roller coaster and you have this this amazing soundtrack in the background that's like just that is just so like powerful and like it, it's it's such a playful uh colorful like moment in the game that is just such a delight um and that's really what this game is. It's just a delight from start to finish. And even when this game starts to get into the into the, the the series of events of that, like, oh, Kirby goes from being cute to this like cosmic horror game. Um, even then, like, you still have such amazing gameplay moments. Like the whole final level before the first like final boss is just a recap of everything that you've done to that point done in this volcanic very like intense feeling moment and i i think that it's something that i think like i i'm kind of like just rambling about the about the different level specifics but like i don't know if any other kirby game has as many memorable levels as this does there is certainly memorable moments in kirby games throughout the years but this one to me stood out like where i could tell you like pretty much every level that has that occurs from start to finish and what happens in them and i thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it even when you're like just doing like the side uh stuff in in each of the levels when you're trying to get the different wildies and you you're you're finding secret rooms and you're collecting the 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 like blueprints for upgrading abilities which is a new thing in this game and I I just fell so in love with it. I was crying at the end of it because I cry at the end of every video game. But it, it just there's something about it that just felt so good in finishing it. 
And I, I, I just think that they absolutely made a phenomenal 3D Kirby game. And I think there's also a lot of it that feels a bit like bare bones. Like they, they scaled down on a lot of the abilities. They don't have as many abilities in this game. And I kind of like that because I feel like they, they let you emphasize using all the abilities more. But I think that they have such a foundation here to build on where between all the different Nintendo franchises that I'm a huge fan of, I have like the most confidence that Kirby is going to continue to get better from here after seeing what Forgotten Land is. Like, I don't think Forgotten Land is going to remain my favorite Kirby game of all time. I think that it's going to get better. And maybe that's being a little too optimistic, but I just feel like this is such a peak for this series. And because of this and because of Gabe's recommendations, I did end up going back and playing Planet Robot and Triple Deluxe. And now those games are among my favorite Kirby games as well. And like after I think just I, I have I have completely fallen back in love with this pink ball of of sunshine and weirdness, um, which is how I describe myself as well. Um, so I, I I think that's the gist of what i wanted to say there's there's uh there's again so many great soundtrack moments we did talk about this game from a soundtrack point of view with uh, uh with the the final boss theme and the and the just the overall theme of the game i do want to shout out northeast frost street again i i've it was a, it was a song that i i fell in love with after that podcast and i kept on listening to it it is one of the best like it, it's just one of the best like normal level songs that you will ever hear in a game uh and it just it's such a delight is because if it matches with that wintry atmosphere of of the first at least the first level of uh world four um and it's really good but i want to give i i know there was a few people here who have at least dabbled in the game uh or have seen people play it and i want to give you guys an opportunity to talk about this game from the little that i've seen about uh of uh of this game it's it is a masterpiece i i really think that this is a this is a fantastic kirby game kirby is like always at least consistently good mm -hmm. even if they don't reach high highs yeah. but this game is a definite high um really good level design from what i've seen very good character design too uh got that cosmic core end of the world world bullshit that every kirby game does excellent at um I think the little the little green guy is cute. The Ethelin, yeah, yeah. I, I love him. He he's yeah he's he, adorable. He from I I I really thought that they were gonna pull a a, a Marx or Magalor on on the game again yeah. and be like, oh, Ethelin's the bad guy. This turns out that well, you know, I won't I won't spoil anything, but. But but no, like Ethelin is is such a great side character in the game he doesn't do anything but it's just a nice little companion that i think fits in the kirby universe very well yeah i mean i think matt nailed it when he when he said that it's a masterpiece i think that that's just like the most not many things are in that title and this kirby game did like just through and through high quality high performance high expectations met exceeded yes um, just... that's go ahead no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's okay. I think it's um, just it's true. It's just universally like, wow, holy shit, great job. Yeah. 
uh, masterpiece for me is like you have high expectations and then those expectations are exceeded. That's exactly. what really makes a masterpiece. Yes. Agreed. As we do on most media things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same page. Yeah. Not everything, but a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, I played it for like five minutes. It was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made I made I made him play uh when he came uh, he 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 came to my house. I was just like all right, let's. Uh, we can dive into whatever game. And I, but I, I was like, I want him to try Kirby. I just want him to try Kirby for a little bit. And yeah, we we played a couple of levels, and he had a great time with it. I was his wildy companion. Um, I guess I guess that's like the one thing that like ah, oh, it's a little bit of a bummer. But like I, it doesn't really bother me because I've I've mainly played it single player. Was like oh, it would have been nice to have a second Kirby in this game instead of a wildy. But I, but then a wildy is is a classic, so I I, I can't be too mad at them for that. Um, yeah. A- a- any any other uh, notes on Kirby the Island? Every time I've watched somebody play this, it's made me happy. Yes. And every time it really does have that play. vibe. <laughs> I miss I miss what I miss what Matt said, but I I I, I think I know what it was. <laughs> um, but I I uh, you're absolutely right, Anthony, in that like. Ever is such good vibes. It's good vibes. The video game. I even though like I I I think it's it, it does get wild at the end and a little scary <laughs> considering some of the, the the monstrosities you do have to face. It it is like it. The game is it has its difficulty moments, but overall it is meant to be a feel-good game it's a fun character that you play as and you have a fun world you have this oh i I completely forgot to talk about like waddle d town oh my god when you build that up like i think one of my favorite tropes in a video game is you have you you enter an area that is filled with ruin and empty and you build it up into being this thriving town um that is one of my favorite tropes in any video game and like my top two games this year has that trope <laughs> it's very funny uh but like it's it, it wild town so much fun to hang out with because you have the little mini games that you could play as you have little stalls that you could pick up power-ups and, and 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 you could visit your house and put trophies down um it's just it's just an absolute delight um i also want to shout out the treasure roads in this game uh which are uh the uh the the side levels in this game where you are instead of doing like a full-ledged normal level you are you you get a specific ability and you have to kind of just complete the task in that treasure road in a specific amount of time uh they're pretty easy to get through normally um but the trying to get the best time for them is extremely difficult and so that has been that was the fun of those levels were we're really trying to like, all right, let's see if I can get a better time on this. And so you keep on replaying it so you can get that hit, hit that best, that target time mark. Um, and I think that's just, is really, 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 really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, that I, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about Kirby the Dry Land. And again, like, I think, I think that they'll go keep on going up from here. I just, I feel like they, I, like for what this game is there's so much room even as like you guys said i do think it's a masterpiece i think that they also have so much room for them to continue to grow and to continue to get better which is why i i've been saying like i th- i i feel like if they if 
the net i think the next game has a lot of potential to even be better than than this one um and so that's that's i think uh for me it's a it's a compliment for them um but there you go that is it for uh for the or at least their initial game of the years but i do want to give an opportunity to everyone here is there a game or games that you guys would like to shout out and i will go back in with our original order here and i'll start with kelsey i don't know um (laughs) i can't remember what my option was going to be for game of the year before what was what did i play this year this you played a lot this is the year that you you discovered and really started playing the sims 4 a lot oh right that's true yes so sims 4 definitely would be a shout out um because it's just what i need when i need to dissociate yeah and just unlock from a world and a friend of mine the other day referred to it as barbies for adults and i was like yes that's true (laughs) actually that's exactly what it fucking is um and so that for sure um but i actually like i will probably end up discussing this game in at least one coop in the upcoming year because i just started playing it but it is actually deeply impressing me like it's blowing me away in a way that i didn't think i was going to like it but a friend recommended it i've been playing greedfall and it is really really interesting and i don't have that many hours in it yet but i'll probably so i'm just giving that as a nod to say that i'm very impressed with it and had i played it earlier in the year it definitely would be an honorable mention yeah but that's it for me matt what about you uh, I would like to shout out, of course, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, Splatoon 3, uh, Trombone Champ, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>, Final <laughs> Fantasy uh, 14, uh, patches 6.1 and 6.2. Um, <laughs> I would be laugh. It's just very silly to me. And then also, the uh, uh, I want to shout out two, my two favorite uh, movies this year, um, which are uh, Puss in Boots uh, to The Last Wish and uh everything everywhere all at once yes all right fair enough fair enough i didn't expect a, a movie shut up but i respect it i respect it a lot um i will i, I will also second uh, pokemon legends Arceus and splatoon 3 both i loved both of those games so much they did so they 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 kicked ass especially the campaign for splatoon 3 i i know i know it's not as good as octo expansion but like god damn it's so good uh well, yeah it's it's amazing. um next up is anthony I want to shout out Vampire Survivors. It looks rough in screenshots, but whoever made it scanned my brain while I was asleep (laughs) and happened to craft the most addicting type of game that I can lose hours to. So thank you for that. Um, Shout out to Monster Hunter uh, Rise, which had a really incredible DLC and just is so much fun to play with friends. And uh, shout out to Runeterra, of course, because Legends of Runeterra, because it's a game that I play every single day just for a little bit. And it's always really fun to return to and see what they come up with next. It's cute. It's adorable. It is the most adorable game out there. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Walsh, anything? Yeah, I want to shout out my mom. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta finish I, the games I'm gonna talk about did not come out this year. I gotta finish the Return of the Oberdin. That was almost what I was gonna talk about today, but I'm not smart enough and have not solved the mysteries yet. Um, 
I might talk about the quarry, and uh, I still want to play Inscription now that it came to the Switch. I don't got oh, all yeah. the fancy consoles you guys do. Uh, I have to take <laughs> mine on the go. So I got to play Inscription. Hey, same. Um, I'm going to talk about other things. Uh, D&D 1 came out. I got to... I know nothing about that, but we'll see what we'll see about that. <laughs> Uh, it's not it's not officially out yet, but a lot of like the beta material is out. Mm, yeah, I know absolutely nothing. Like I said, <laughs> I would love I to chat to you. But I would love to chat with you about it legitimately. Oh, yeah. Once I once Legitimate. I know anything other than the name, <laughs> okay. as opposed to chatting about it illegitimately. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could just tell you that they got rid of that. Every class now is a bard. And you would believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd have to, um, I'd have to I forgot to mention the Rusty Lake series. Oh, yeah. Rusty Lake. That's right. That was fucking badass. Um. All right, for me, I'll try to be quick about this. Uh, I I want to shout out a few games that were older that I played for the first time this year or beat for the first time this year, I should say. Um, Celeste, I think, is a masterpiece of a of a game. I think it is the best two D platformer I've ever played. I'm I'm not the biggest you know two D platformer guy, uh, or at least I used to not be, and now I think I am because of Celeste. <laughs> um, it's it is just it's just a, such a it feels so fucking good to play even though, even though it's super difficult it's it was so worth beating that game it was so good Super Mario Galaxy two I finally beat this year uh, oh, yeah. a a incredible incredible three D platformer um and one of the, like it is it's right behind Odyssey for me among my favorite uh three D Mario's um the uh i in terms of games that came out this year uh stanley parable Ultra deluxe was uh, the 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 that remake that we were ex- excited about we talked about when we first talked about stanley parable ultra deluxe uh, crushed it absolutely like played into it's the just the the i guess I, for lack of a better word the meta of the of the video game reviews and video game and what and expectations for uh video games in general and played it into that and it was so hilarious and to me it, it is the sequel that i was not expecting was going to be a sequel uh, essentially it was incredible uh tiny kin is a amazing indie 3d platformer that is banjo kazooie meets pikmin it's it's very very good i think that anyone who has the ability to play it should play it it is being a little guy in a big house and exploring the different rooms is awesome i love it it's it like it feels good to move around in you you could you could skateboard on a soap uh, a soap uh bar and what more can you say about that um but my number two game of the year behind Kirby and Forgotten Land is a game that came out a few weeks ago. And it's been a game that I've been so hyped about talking about, which is Little Gator Game. It is it. I, I was hoping it would be somewhat like a short hike and it is, but it also has a lot of its own identity where the game is about this little gator who is um, who grew up playing games at this park with his sister um, and now his sister's a little bit older, is now go- going to college, now is busy with work. And at this time when they're at the, at the park now, she's do- in the middle of doing work that she needs to get done because her, uh, her partners in, the, in a group assignment that they're doing aren't doing their side of things. So she's hunkered down at, on a swing, basically doing work. And he's trying to do everything in his power to try to get, him, get, get her to play with, uh, with them. Sorry, Little Gator Game is non-binary. They, them. Um, so it's adorable 
and it feels so good to move around in. It's so much fun to explore the the forest and collect things and beat up on cardboard monsters that aren't they don't actually move. There's no real combat in this game. It's just these cardboard standees that you can destroy and get confetti for. I it it, it blew me away how good they ended up nailing this game. I am it completely lived up to expectations. And I think that even though it came out so late into the year, I really hope people give it a shot because it, it deserves to be recognized among like the best like chill games uh, that I've ever played. And I think with that, we will sign off for 2022. Folks, thank you all so much for listening. I forgot to think of a topic for the next coop. Uh fuck have we have we done uh, of them. yeah right that's true have we done a uh, favorite game from the 2000s like 2000 to 2010 Ooh, oh that sounds very cool. specific i do not think we have okay we'll throw that out there as a topic idea and we'll see how it lands with everyone else and that'll oh i thought about it i thought about a topic before no, that's good for the beginning, but I wanted to share. Yeah, just I, I just figured that that's a good that's like we'll 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 play into our nostalgia. Oh, oh, I have an idea for a a a session for next year. Okay, a game a game that surprised you. Oh, that's 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 good. That's good like either either it was hopefully it would be that it was better than you expected or something that happened was completely shocking, like really surprising. Uh. Or I guess it could also be like it surprised you because it was really like I thought about Horizon, Chris. Uh, that's, true. No. that's true. Like that kind. Like so that's a funny convo. Yeah. So like I don't know, just something. Yeah, I, 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 I yes, I will. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna make a note of that as well. Maybe that 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 could be that could either be the next month or it could be we could do it in March. I know February we like doing uh character. We talk about specific characters and stuff, so we will probably lead into that as well. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great new year. And until then, game on. The Gaming Coop is brought to you by Team Chaos Productions. Follow us on Twitter at The Gaming Coop or follow our other work at Team Chaos Pods.